Welcome to Your Wealth, Your Legacy, a podcast by Prairie Wood Wealth Management, where we cover the latest in investment, tax, estate, and charitable giving strategies to help you keep more of what you make, make more with what you have, and create a legacy that lasts beyond your lifetime. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. Here are your hosts, Nathan Anderson and Steve Nelson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Your Wealth, Your Legacy. I'm your host, Nathan Anderson, here with my co-host, Steve Nelson. Welcome, Steve. Yeah, happy to be here and very excited about this month's topic. Today, we're going to discuss U.S. Series I savings bonds, also known as I-bonds or inflation bonds. And the reason this is so exciting to me is they're currently paying 9.62%, and they're fully backed by the U.S. government. Yeah, so that's obviously a very rare opportunity. Typically, if you're buying U.S. government bonds, you're getting paid very low interest rates. So, you know, maybe Steve, start out by telling us a little bit more about what Series I bonds are and and why are they paying such a high interest rate? Yeah, absolutely. So there are government savings bond. You know, most people are probably familiar with the Series EE bonds. A lot of those used to be in paper form and you'd get them for birthdays or, or holiday gifts. Seemed like everybody's grandparents bought them a series double E bond at some point and it's stashed away in, in some safe and eventually they find it and go cash it in. Yep. So very similar characteristics. It's like I said, protected by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. It will pay interest up to 30 years. But the interesting component is there's this variable interest rate that resets every six months and it's actually based on inflation. So we're getting all these reports of inflation in the U.S. And because that's so high, the interest rate right now is 9.62%. Yeah. And so let's let's spend a little bit of time on the interest rate just so that individuals understand how it's calculated and, and why it's so high right now. So for I-bonds, the interest rate is composed of two different parts. So there's a base rate, which is fixed for the life of the bond. And currently with interest rates low, that's at zero. So that's not something that's that's overly exciting or interesting. But then the second component is the inflation adjustment or the inflation rate that gets added to the base rate. And that inflation rate changes every six months. So it gets updated frequently based on what inflation has been for the most recent six month period of time. And with inflation as high as it is now, like Steve said earlier, the current combined interest rate that I-bonds are paying is 9.62%. You know, with that rate of interest, you'd wonder why not everybody is investing in this. Yeah, so really the question becomes, you know, what is the downside and what are what are the risks to doing this? So the first one is, is that the U.S. government puts a limit on individuals so that they can only purchase $10,000 per year of I-bonds. Um, there's a couple workarounds to purchase an additional $5,000 with, with a tax refund. And there's ways to buy in other people's accounts, so like spouses and children, which we can talk about later. But one of the main drawbacks is the maximum purchase amount. So if you think about the current interest rate, being between 9 and 10% if you're investing $10,000 per person, we're talking about something that could potentially generate a few hundred to a few thousand dollars depending on you know how many people you do this for. The second downside is there are some holding period requirements. So if you buy an I-bond, you're not allowed to cash it in for the first year. So there's just absolutely no way to cash it in and get your money back within one year. If you cash it in between one year and five years, you'll lose the last three months of interest. So it's somewhat of a penalty, but not a huge penalty. And then the third option is if you hold it for more than five years, there's no penalty and you can cash it in at any point. I would say the one other drawback that I-bonds have is the only place that you can purchase them is on treasurydirect.gov. So purchasing directly from the U.S. Treasury. 
It's not something that your advisor can purchase for you or that somebody else can purchase for you. You have to go create your own account on the treasurydirect.gov website and purchase them yourself. So for people that like things simple, it may not be worth the extra effort. Right. And so that ends up being a personal decision of, you know, do you want to spend an hour or two getting this set up and make a few hundred or a few thousand dollars? Or is it just not, not worth your time and effort? For many people, it will be worth their time. And for some people, it won't. So Steve, you know, as with anything that generates income, there's always tax implications. What are some of the tax implications for I-bonds? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, they are, the interest will be subject to federal income tax, but one other unique benefit of I-bonds is that you can defer this income until the bonds are cashed in. So if inflation remains high and you keep these for five or 10 years, the taxes are deferred until you sell. They are exempt from state income tax, so that is a small benefit. And I think I would add, kind of going back to your point on deferring the tax, the benefit of that is you're able to wait until a year when, let's say you have less income from other sources, and you can cash those bonds in strategically when you're in a lower tax bracket and ultimately reduce the taxes that you pay on that income. Okay, so I think that's a good overview of I-bonds themselves. I think now is probably a good time to talk through some planning considerations about how do you implement this the most effectively. So let's start out by thinking, thinking through this example, Steve. We already talked about the fact that the holding period requirement is a year. So if you buy an I-bond, you have no ability to get out within the first year. But we also said that the interest rate will update every six months. So you know what a lot of people will ask is, well, if I buy I-bonds and they're currently paying 9.62%, what happens if the rate adjusts in six months down to something much less substantial to where my total return no longer looks attractive? How do we mitigate that risk? Yeah, given the CPI numbers come out monthly, we will have a very good idea of what that next six-month rate will be at the end of October. So I would suggest if that's a concern for clients, they would want to wait till the end of October to buy and have full visibility on what the full year rate will be. And the interesting thing with that is, you know, you might be saying, well, if I buy at the end of October and then the new rates coming out in November, won't it immediately update? And so I'm still running that risk that six months later it would change again. And that's actually not the case. So if you buy I-bonds before November 1st, your first entire six months is going to be at the 9.62% that we know now. It doesn't automatically change on November 1st. It's just that on November 1st, the new rates are published so that on the six-month anniversary of your bond, the new rate will apply to the following six months. And so by waiting until shortly before November, when we have all of the CPI data, you're gonna know not only what the current rate is, which is already in effect, but you're gonna know or have a very good estimate of what the next rate's gonna be before you even buy the bond. And then there's another trick where if you buy the last day of the month or at the end of the month, you actually get the interest for the full month. So just in terms of when to buy them, end of the month is, is always better. Yeah. So those are a couple, a couple planning strategies. I think another planning strategy that a lot of people employ and it's worth talking about is how do you gain significant exposure to I-bonds when there's a $10,000 per year maximum per person in the amount that you can purchase? Steve, what can, what can individuals do to ultimately gain more exposure to I-bonds? Yeah, it's a great question. So it is $10,000 limit per year per person. So for a married couple, that would be 20000 a year. And so you could buy 20000 now, and then in January, buy another 20000 
and it is per calendar year. It's not per 12 months. So if you do buy it on December 31st, you could turn around and buy 10,000 more on January 1st. Yep, correct. And then if somebody has children, you can buy them for your kids as well. The trick with that would be if you do buy them for your kids, it is a completed gift to your children. And so you have to be comfortable with the fact that they're going to have access to those funds when they do become adults. So it's just something to think through before you do it. And then if you have any kind of trust accounts or business accounts, those are considered separate. And so those, each of those would be eligible for an additional 10000 per year. And then depending on how complex people want to get, there are some gifting strategies where you can actually buy I-bonds for somebody else. And when you buy I-bonds for somebody else, they don't count towards either your limit or that other person's limit in the year that you buy them, but they do count towards their limit in the year that you give it to them. And so you can effectively gain more exposure to I-bonds by purchasing them now, accruing interest, and then ultimately giving them to the person in a future year. But for individuals that want to pursue that approach, it's just important to make sure you understand how it works and dot all your I's and cross your T's before you do it. So those are some good strategies, Steve, if we look at you know how to, number one, understand what the interest rate's going to be for an entire year or the entire required holding period for I-bonds. Um, also, how to really work around some of the, the purchase caps to make sure that we get enough exposure to make it worth it. Let's talk a little bit about you know, based on what we're seeing now, what do we think if you were to purchase I-bonds now, what would likely be, you know, at least the one year return on holding I-bonds, you know, if you bought them today and you were to sell them a year from now? Yeah, no, it's a great question. You know, we have four months of CPI data in this next reset. And even if we just assume that there's no inflation in the next two months, the rate will reset to 6.1%. Now we think it's pretty unlikely that there's going to be no inflation in the next two months, given what we've seen in the recent past and how it's calculated. But if you take the 6.1 and the 9.62, even if you redeemed and lost three months of interest, your overall rate would be about 6.4% for the next year, which is very favorable to current interest rates. If you think about leaving the cash in a bank account where it probably is now, it's most likely going to make you know 1% or less. And so when you look at six months at a 9.62% rate and then another six months at about 6.1%. And even if you lose three months, you're still looking at, like Steve said, the 6.4% return, which still beats you know any other options that you have by, by a substantial amount. Let's talk a little bit about who this is applicable to. You know, One thing that we want to always spend a little time on is just practical applications. So Steve, maybe, maybe start out with an example. Who would be an individual who could benefit from purchasing I-bonds? Yeah, I would say the first person that comes to mind would be individuals that have way more cash than they need for their emergency fund. They would be great candidates to use some of this excess cash to purchase I-bonds and get the higher interest rate. Yeah, so anybody who has more cash than they need to to live on or to to protect against emergencies, you might as well earn a decent return on that cash. I would also say that individuals who maybe are planning for a, a big expense that's coming up at least one year in the future. So if you know that you need, a, let's say, a down payment for a house or you're, you're going to purchase some significant item, but it's at least a year in the future, you don't want to risk that cash, but you'd like to earn a decent return on it. I-bonds could be a great option for that as well. Yeah, another group that comes to mind would be parents or grandparents that would like to gift funds to their children or grandchildren and 
you know, I-bonds might be a great way to do that to ensure that the proceeds are at least initially invested at reasonable rates of return. Yep. No, I would agree. So then I think we get to the the flip side or the other question, which is, are there some people who I-bonds wouldn't be appropriate for? Yeah. With that one-year hold period, you know, anybody that needs access to the cash within a year would not be a good candidate. You know, I would say people that don't have their emergency fund built up and in place, you'd want to probably do that first before investing in I-bonds. And I would say even people with debt, especially higher rate debt like credit cards or any other debt other than mortgage debt, you know, they'd most likely be better off paying down that debt than investing in I-bonds. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. And I think, I think they're very good points. So let's, uh, let's leave our discussion there for this month. For those who are interested in learning more about I-bonds, including links to the treasury.gov website where you can purchase I-bonds, we would recommend that you check out our blog post on our website where we go into additional detail on the same topic. While we can't purchase I-bonds for you or for any of our clients, we would be happy to point you in the right direction. So if you'd like any assistance purchasing them yourself, feel free to let us know and we're we're happy to direct you and, and give you some guidance on how to do that. For those of you who are interested in working with a family CFO that can help guide your family's financial decisions and will provide advice designed to put your interests first, we would love to connect to see if what we do is right for you. Just go over to our website at pw-wm.com and you can connect with us through our free evaluation button on the homepage. That's all we have for today. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Your Wealth, Your Legacy by Prairiewood Wealth Management. If you have comments, questions, or would like to learn more about working with Prairiewood Wealth Management, we would love to hear from you. Please visit us at our website, pw-wm.com, or email us at service at pw-wm.com. If you find our podcast helpful, leave us a review and share it so others can find us as well. Thanks for listening as we continue our quest to help others keep more of what they make, make more with what they have, and create a legacy that will last beyond their lifetime. The information discussed on this podcast is provided for general informational purposes only and does not represent investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed are those of Prairiewood Wealth Management and are subject to change not guaranteed and should not be considered recommendations to buy or sell any security. While past performance of market results may be discussed, it does not provide any assurance of future performance. The information presented herein has been obtained from sources deemed reliable but is not guaranteed.